Welcome in listeners. It's time for the Slump Buster Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, Drew and I are joined by Chris McConnell of the Roto Bros Fantasy Football Podcast. Chris has an excellent channel, lots of information. Highly encourage you checking him out. On today's episode, we talk some key injuries, whether that be Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston, or of course, Derrick Henry. We talk about Calvin Ridley's unexpected absence, and we talk about some potential week nine streamers they can use to plug and play and win your league this week. But before we do that, folks, we got to give a shout out to our partners. Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never-ending quest to do better, be better, love harder, and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their nitro cold brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their mammoth blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their hibiscus teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code slump, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products. CavemanCoffeeCo.com, promo code slump. Guys, don't be a chump. Use promo code slump and get yourself a case today. All right, y'all, it's time to answer the mind of McConnell. Drew hanging about Juju Talk Sports. Chris McConnell himself. Let's get it. Let's bust a slump and let's enjoy. Welcome in, Slump Busters. We are back with another guest this week. Joining us, Chris McConnell of the Roto Bros Fantasy Football Podcast, a familiar voice on the show. Chris, welcome to have you. You mentioned it before the show. You're getting a little bit nervous right now as a Braves fan starting tomorrow, game six. How are you going to calm your nerves? I'm not. That's the easy way to put it. Uh, you just can't. Deep down, we all know there's no Atlanta curse. Yeah, it's just a huge coincidence that all of these Atlanta choke jobs happen all the time. But because they do, you can't help, as an Atlanta sports fan, you can't help but get really, really concerned about all this. So, you know, especially after the Super Bowl, so we won't talk too much about that. But yeah, no, this is, um, you know, hopefully we close it out in game six, and uh, we wanted to, to win it at home and celebrate on our turf, but uh, that didn't happen so look i'm down to celebrate in houston as long as we're celebrating because that means we won so i just want to get it done let's just slam the door shut i don't want to go to a game seven because that's going to be a problem that that will be a problem for me just know either way we got memes prepared for if the astros lose or if the braves choke this one away there's memes either way i know that's probably your biggest concern too you know the meme pages are ready. ready you won't hear from me. Obituary. Yeah, you won't hear from me for six months. Like, you just won't. Like, I, I'm going to completely disconnect from the world. I'm going to go off the grid. I'm going to move into the woods up in northwest Oregon for, you know, six six <laughs> months. I'm just going to live off the land. People forget I exist so that I don't have to hear about it. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I still feel good about it. I think we're, we're going to close it out. But, you know, I, I said when we made the playoffs and won the division, I said, you know what? We're winning the World Series. And so, fingers crossed, we're only two games from it. Uh, well, one game away. So, I do have to say one thing because I know how Chris feels in this situation because as an Indians fan, Guardians. we blew, yeah, well, Guardians now, we can't say Indians. Uh, we blew a 3 1 lead to Chicago while I was in college in Indiana at the time. I'm sitting there surrounded by Cubs fans like all day every day and it was absolutely awful like I'm sitting there in my Indians jersey just like all sad and depressed and just everywhere I go is just harassment after harassment I'm just like yo I I can't be here no more (laughs) 
Like, yeah, I don't think there's home. anything more painful than losing a championship more than anything because you just have to sit on that one the entire offseason. Uh, seeing mm-hmm. my Niners losing the Super Bowl twice, that feeling of just, man, there's a lot more time until next football season to forget about this. And then, obviously, if your team follows it up with a bad season, Chris, I mean, as a Falcons fan too, I mean, let's face it. After that Super Bowl, it's like the Falcons just imploded on themselves. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we had a we had a chance when when Julio dropped the touchdown pass in Philadelphia in the playoffs. So, but that was after that, it's it's just been rough. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But it's uh, it's about the Braves right now. So man, we are uh, we're nervous, but we're hopeful. Well, that'll ruin your perfect week, even if the Braves do redeem it with a World Series championship. Managed to take down the Goliath here. Your six and one fantasy football team heading into the weekend in the Caster League. Monday morning press conference here what happened Chris what was the downfall uh well you know I was at I was without here's my my excuses they're coming but I, I you know excuses are different than reason okay and I'm gonna give these are reasons here okay six and one feeling good I lost by less than a point you guys beat me by less than a point DeAndre Swift wasn't normal DeAndre Swift Kyle Pitts wasn't normal Kyle Pitts and you know I ha- I'm, I'm without Barkley right now so those are my you know I went with Khalil Herbert over Elijah Mitchell which you know was kind of a toss-up to me after the way Khalil Herbert's playing he didn't play the way we've seen him play the last three weeks so you know Elijah Mitchell went off so a couple of decisions but you know what you can't win them all and uh, I just want to stay healthy just get to the playoffs in one piece and I'll be good. So you know what? If I'm going to lose, get them to lose to somebody. Glad to uh, to lose to you guys, I suppose. And not only that, but we also pulled off a trade, so I was I was happy to see that. So we're good to go there. True, dude. We traded Michael Thomas for Amari Cooper, straight up with some fab included as well, about twenty dollars in fab in this league at the time. I mean, sure, Amari's a little bit banged up, but you know, so is obviously Michael Thomas needed a couple more weeks after getting initially designated from the IR, and now with the Saints situation. We'll get into quarterbacks here in a sec. Jameis Winston, out for the year at ACL to look like he took an ugly injury there too, how he just got kind of twisted up. And unfortunately, that happened against the Bucks. I was actually feeling good about like that preseason Saints pick earlier in the year. Did we kind of add a little bit back and forth? How good would the Saints be? Well, they ended up being five and two. They beat the Bucks in the division. They're probably feeling themselves. And now they have to go the rest of the year without their starting quarterback. Obviously, Jameis is down. He's not the only one of injury to note this week. Uh, Kyler Murray also went down with the injury. He's about going to be one to three weeks here. As far as your bi-week quarterbacks the only one you're really going to be struggling to replace this week is going to be Tom Brady I don't think there was a lot of Geno Smith owners Jared Goff owners out there and certainly Taylor Heineke not a lot of quarterbacks you can replace or easily replace here in terms of Kyler Murray let's go into the top 12 quarterbacks of the week Josh Allen was your number one quarterback of the week against the Miami Dolphins 249 yards two touchdowns had 55 rushing yards to add and a rushing score right behind him and believe me in the homecoming game I appreciated this one Jimmy James Garoppolo 322 yards a couple rushing scores for Jim uh Jimmy G6 I think we'll call him because he's starting to show off the wills Shannon wanted a mobile quarterback guess he got in Jimmy Garoppolo Mike White Mike White White was Mike White quarterback this week. Gen- uh, generational one. talent, generational talent, Mike White. Yes, top three quarterback on the week, 405 yards, three touchdowns, had a couple picks there. I want to say he also caught the uh, game-winning uh, two-point conversion as well, if I'm not mistaken. A little Philly Philly in there. Definitely going to make things awkward if Mike White's rolling and Zach Wilson is healthy here in a couple weeks. Mike White, top three quarterback in week eight. Justin Fields, your number four quarterback on the week. Watching this game, it was definitely Justin Fields' best performance of the season. Uh, the Niners were unable to touch him, pass rush, let an easy touchdown go. 
Uh, 175 yards, a touchdown, INT, he had a rushing score, had 103 yards on the ground. So that was the kind of thing that Justin Fields owners were hoping that they would see early in the year, the use of his legs. Tom Brady at five, like I mentioned, Tom Brady's on by, 375 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Matthew Stafford at six, 305 yards, three touchdowns for Matthew Stafford against Houston. Geno Smith, talk about more backup quarterbacks just kind of like falling in this top 12 this week. Geno Smith, 195 yards, two touchdowns against the Jaguars. Definitely was a good streamer for week eight. Tannehill, and a lot of pressure is going to be on Ryan Tannehill for one of our big subjects this week. 265 yards, three touchdowns, two picks for Ryan Tannehill, your number eight quarterback of the week, Davis Mills perhaps in his last start, depending on Taylor's health. Davis Mills, 310 yards, two touchdowns, an interception against the Los Angeles Rams. Mostly garbage time. They were down 38-0 at one point in the game. Joe Burrow, 259 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick against the Jets. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, again, his career renaissance is coming to fruition out there in Indianapolis. Had a really stupid interception late, but that's kind of the Carson Wentz experience. 231 yards, uh, three touchdowns, two interceptions, had 11 rushing yards on the ground, and rounding out the top 12, Cooper Rush. Again, another back quarterback in the top 12 here. Cooper Rush filling in for Dak Prescott, 325 yards, two touchdowns, and a huge throw late to Amari Cooper. Now, as far as names to highlight here within the top 12, I mean, Mike White, let's just go back to that one. How? What? What's going on with Cincinnati there? Like, you go off blowing out the Baltimore Ravens to allowing 400 passing yards to Mike White. Who are the Jets even facing next week? Is that even an option? I mean, clearly they're throwing the ball more with him, or he's at least having more success than Zach Wilson. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It, look, this is just one of those games where it's like it's it's a game. It's like there's a lot of variance in football, right? Like the, the best team isn't always going to win. We know the Jets aren't better than Bengals. Like the Bengals just they went on the road. The Jets are looking for that win. There have been a couple games here this year where they've been competitive. They beat the Titans with a healthy Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. And so like th- this is going to happen sometimes. It's just going to happen. The, the best teams are going to face adversity and they're going to come out on top. The Bengals almost did. They didn't today. They're not always going to, but I I don't know what it is, what the difference is with Mike White and uh, and Zach Wilson, but I don't, look, you can't, Zach Wilson's obviously more of a gunslinger. He's going to take more risks. That's just how he plays, but that does provide him more of a higher ceiling as well. The problem is, is when you've got a guy like that, you are inviting more risk with a guy that plays the way that Zach Wilson does. And so in order to, to mitigate that risk as much as possible, you need a better offensive line. You need a, a, a threat of the running game. That's not going to help. Uh, if you don't have a great offensive line, that's going to be a problem as well. And then, of course, the weapons. You need a weapons upgrade. When you are a more conservative quarterback like Mike White, you have the ability to kind of dump off a little bit more to Ty Johnson and Michael Carter like we've seen, or like we saw again. Cincinnati both of them having you know good days out of the backfield so you know I, I don't know it's it's just one of those weeks where you know Cincinnati is um uh easily you know clearly one of the best teams in the AFC this year but that look you're gonna have these weeks where you stumble and that's it's the NFL you know just you're you can be a bad team but you're probably not going to lose every single week it it, it doesn't happen very often there's gonna be games where you win that you're not supposed to win and the Jets did that they've done that twice this year they've won two games this year that they were not supposed to win it look that happens I, I think the, the the Titans and you know the Bengals Bengals probably going to make, well, maybe not the Titans now. We'll get into that in a little bit. But but look, the Bengals are probably going to make the playoffs, it looks like, unless, you know, barring some epic collapse here. But, uh, you know, these kind of things happen. It's the variance of the NFL. Can I get some bonus points to whoever can answer where was Mike White's college? Anyone, anyone, Bueller. Oh, uh, Mike White. Was it, uh, why do I want to say, I don't why do I want to say Delaware? 
<laughs> I'll give you guys a hint. It has a Western in the name. Western, Western Michigan? K- Kentucky? Hey, That's Chris, the only- you got it. Western Kentucky, yes. A Western okay. Kentucky Hilltopper was Mike White. Like you said, Chris, it's probably just a one-off, but it definitely is fun to look at this top 12 and see not only him, but see Cooper Rush out there. Hopefully Dak is back next week. You know, those calf injuries. I know that Cowboys are being a little bit more precautious with it. Rightfully so. You know, you don't want to rush a guy back out there, especially coming off the major knee injury that he had just a season ago. You know, the fact that that team was able to win in a different way, definitely giving the Cowboys a little bit more credibility here in the NFC. Uh, Let's talk about a guy who struggled, actually, a guy who wasn't in the top 12. Justin Herbert finishes the quarterback 16 on the week, and we've seen him kind of like stumble against a couple defense in row obviously Baltimore heading into the bye week and then comes back off by and faces the Patriots good relief for a Justin Herbert owner you got the Eagles coming up this week so a, an obvious start but any concerns about Justin Herbert moving forward I mean there can be a little bit because just watching some highlights of him in the last couple of weeks he didn't look all that fantastic and it's not to say that he's going downhill but part of that sophomore slump, you know, you're in a second year of a quarterback and, you know, there's going to be games where he's going to be down and it happens to the best of quarterbacks and other players in the NFL. But uh, like you said, he's got the Eagles coming up, so it should be a favorable matchup for him to where he could probably start bouncing back and this could be a bounce back week for him. What about another guy that's struggling, Patrick Mahomes? This guy's definitely giving me a little bit cause concern and made a big trade for him a couple of weeks ago and now uh, 14 fantasy points against the Giants on Monday Night Football. This is like kind of like one of those things which, you're like, maybe I could get someone to buy on a big name here because he hasn't been producing at Patrick Mahomes levels. No, he hasn't. And I think it has to do a lot with this offensive line. It's so wild because we thought everybody, we were all pumped. I mean, you go back and you look at the offensive line in the Super Bowl and how how the Bucks just completely dismantled the offensive line. It's almost like Mahomes hasn't recovered from how terrorized he was in the Super Bowl. But you thought coming into the season, you saw all of the upgrades that they made to the offensive line across the board. I mean, they traded for Orlando Brown. I mean, they made some massive moves. And you're looking at it on paper. You're like, it's going to be a top five offensive line. Like there was no doubt about it on paper. This is going to be a top five offensive line. That is anything but the case right now. And so uh, you're even seeing it tonight so far in uh, in this Monday night football game. I don't know what it is, but it's got to start with that offensive line. He has been more prone with mistakes. He's getting rushed a lot more. And of course, obviously you're seeing it affect his fantasy numbers. I believe he's uh, QB. Uh, I don't know what he is on the year. I'd have to go back and look here. He's current. Well, he's QB seven right now. So he's not that top three quarterback that he typically is in fantasy he is QB7 so look he's a still a QB1 still top 10 but look if you were taken this is why in a super flex league in fantasy like you you don't take a quarterback in the first round this is why you don't take a quarterback in the second round like not especially when you can get these huge values at the quarterback position even in super flex Tom Brady was going in the fifth and sixth round okay and he's the number one fantasy quarterback this year so it's like this is why you don't do that because there's so much variance there and I know everybody thinks oh Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes are the two safest quarterbacks, maybe even Josh Allen. Josh Allen, QB2, that's great. But it's just one of those things where go after the running backs and maybe even wide receivers a little bit earlier before you start building a quarterback. But, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, obviously they are having some some offensive line issues. They're going to have to get that fixed. And, um, you know, obviously you can't count them out. I believe they're getting ready to score as we speak. So I don't really know what the score is right now. But they're in trouble. If they were to lose this game to the Giants, they're going to be in trouble. They're still alive if they don't obviously if they if they're able to pull this out um and i'm not going to count out an andy reed patrick mahomes led football team i'm just not clyde Edwards hilaire is going to come 
back, that'll at least be a good thing for them. But they got to get these offensive line woes figured out uh, because right now that's the big sticking point with this team. Is this the time to sell on Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts finished his quarterback 23 on the week, had 103 passing yards, 71 rushing yards. Definitely his worst fantasy performance, yet the team obviously excelled. They put a pounding on the Lions, 44-6 to was that final score. Jalen Hurts, obviously he's been a quarterback six, I think the majority of the year. He hasn't left the top 10 outside of this week. But in terms of real life football, there's that looming possibility if he continues to struggle when they're not facing the Lions, that a Gardner Minshew could step in. Do you try and yeah. capitalize before that? Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know what 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 Andrew's thoughts on it are, but but it, there's a possibility. Like if you're in a if you're in a deep league with deep benches and you can burn a roster spot and it's super flex or something, you can scoop up Minshew just to sit on him just in case. Sure, go ahead. I don't I don't mind that. I don't think so though. Look, he's still he's QB six in points per game right now. He's I think QB four uh, in total fantasy point. Yeah, QB four in total fantasy points. He's got that immense rushing floor. Fantasy wise, we knew. He was going to be solid. He's been better than what you see when you watch the football game from a fantasy perspective, because these are two different things. People like mix these things up too too often. Like it's just, they're two different things. We knew Jalen Hurts was going to be good in fantasy. I had him as QB 10 in fantasy. He's obviously, you know, out, out playing that right now. But in, re- in real life, he is not the answer. He's not a franchise quarterback and he's just not that good. That's just plain and simple. He's just not that good. Gardner Minshew is every bit as good in real life as Jalen Hurts. But fantasy wise, I I don't think right now you should look to sell. However, that could change. You know, if, if he continues to sort of wet the bed, so to speak, in real life, they're going to be like, look, we got we got to try to win some games. We got to try to get back in this wild card race because you're certainly not, not winning the division. We got to try to get back in this wild card race if we can. And maybe Minshew's the answer to that. Maybe Minshew can give this offense some Ryan Tannehill-esque life. You know, that's exactly what happened to the Titans and they, they their whole fortunes changed when they went from Mariota to Tannehill. It's a possibility they could do the same thing. So instead of selling on Jalen Hurts, just silently go and grab Minshew, probably for free because nobody probably owns him. That's what I would do, to, to be quite honest with you. But right now, I think it might be a little early. Throwing it out there, throwing it out into the universe because it does feel like it's looming. I mean, obviously, this was a big game for Jalen Hurts to really establish anything in a positive direction. Obviously, if they lost another game, especially losing a game to the Detroit Lions, there would have been not a force on this earth that could have kept him in the starting lineup with those fans in Philadelphia. But obviously they got the win. So maybe that buys him some job security for another couple weeks. I, I just think that, like you mentioned, the real life game has not been too kind to him. And is Garner Minshew a guy they traded for that much worse than him? That's going to be one of those questions that uh, Nick Sirianni, who's obviously fighting as a first year head coach is going to answer. I guess, you know, let's, throw some names out there it's kind of like this or that like you know like rest of the season like Jalen Hurts or someone who's been on the rise lately like a Carson Wentz I mean I like Jalen Hurts a lot I I do and Carson Wentz is starting to actually pick it up a little bit here especially in real life not just in fantasy but I still have to go Jalen Hurts because he is playing as a top 10 quarterback I like him a lot he's become my starter over Justin Herbert in a few of my leagues that I have and I mean I get it in real life he's not great he's not good but you know we're not talking about real life we're talking about fantasy here and that's what matters and so if if you can I I just like Jalen Hurts a lot better than Carson Wentz because for me, Carson Wentz, he's not going to get back to that MVP type of play that he was when he first came into the league with the Eagles. He's just not going to get there ever again. And that's just a sad truth. But, you know, going to the Colts with one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and, you know, being a little bit more protected, you know, he's been playing a lot better. He's been showing that he can play at a high level still. So I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I mean, I've had... 
Carson Wentz in a super flex league right now where he's been more or less my super flex quarterback. And I've started a guy like Jalen Hurts or, you know, another guy over him. But if you're in that deep league, then I would say go and get Carson Wentz if you can. Okay. What about Jalen Hurts or like a Joe Burrow rest of the season? Oh, it's Joe Burrow. I'll take Joe Burrow rest of season. I want to be tied. And I'll be quite honest with you. I want Joe Burrow the rest of the season, regardless of the -hmm. fact that fantasy-wise, Jalen Hurts has been a better option in fantasy because Joe Burrow's not getting benched. There's there's no question about that. And Joe Burrow is going to at least be able to keep pace from a fantasy perspective with Jalen Hurts. So there's no question, not only is he a better quarterback by far in real life, but he's just as good of a fantasy quarterback, if you're going to ask me. I mean, he's QB8 right now, so he's only four spots behind Jalen Hurts. And when it comes to, you know, fantasy points per game, he is uh, about three, it looks like three fantasy points per game lower than Jalen Hurts. So it's not a big stretch at all. And if you are asking me, obviously Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow, I'm going to take Joe Burrow because there is is that chance Jalen Hurts ends up getting benched? Well, if I say, okay, give me Jalen Hurts over Joe Burrow, what do I need to do? I need to go out and add Gardner Minshew. Well, if Jalen Hurts gets benched, now I'm left with Gardner Minshew. So what happens there? Well, my, my fantasy quarterback just took a massive hit because Gardner Minshew is not going to be anywhere close when it comes to fantasy. He's He might be just as, if not more competent in real life and help the Eagles win more in real life. But in fantasy, that's a huge dip down from Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. So I will take Joe Burrow for the rest of the year because he's not going to get benched and he's every bit as good as Jalen Hurts in fantasy and he's got that job security. So I don't have to worry about any of that. If you've got Joe Burrow, you just hold tight and, and, and you you ride him as long as you can. I want to be tied to I've been saying this since May. I want to be tied to Joe Burrow in any way, shape, or form this year that I can, be it T. Higgins, be it Joe Mixon, be it obviously Jamar Chase. Like, Give me any way that I can be connected to Joe Burrow. I want to be connected to Joe Burrow. I should have been more connected to Joe Burrow this week and starring Tyler Boyd. But again, last couple of weeks, hard to trust him. Just one of those things when you're chasing points in fantasy. Okay. Yeah, and you can't really you can't really trust T- Tyler Boyd that much. Exactly. Week to week. Ever since Unless Higgins T. Higgins. Back, yeah. Exactly. It, it's just it's been it unusable practically. I think last week on the show we're advocating definitely a bench. He was wavered on that line of just straight up cut. Um, okay, last line of delineation just on this Jalen Hurts thing. I just want to, you guys don't have to go super in-depth on it. Someone like a Kirk Cousins, quarterback 17 on the week, but has been in the quarterback top 10 on the year. I would take a Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, I have him. He hasn't been overly awful for me. I mean, he's been competent enough to help me win a few games. I mean, I had a start this week and he helped me win. So, I mean, he's not like absolutely terrible, but it goes back to what Chris said. You know, it all depends on what happens to Jalen Hurst in real life, whether he gets benched and Gardner Minshew starts and stuff like that. So you, you got to have that backup option. And Kirk Cousins is not that bad of a backup option to have on your team. Yeah, and he's also not getting benched either. And he's right yeah. there with Joe Burrow when it comes to fantasy points per game. He's QB 12 on the year in totality. So he's below both of them in total points in fantasy. But the Kirk Cousins we saw last night is not going to be the fantasy quarterback that we that we see Kirk Cousins pretty much the rest of the year. Uh, for whatever, he just doesn't step up in prime time. Kirk Cousins is at his best when it's 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock Eastern on a Sunday afternoon. Like, it's the early game slate. It's a Sunday afternoon. That's where prime three, four touchdowns three 400 yard Kirk Cousins is going to come into play that's where you want Kirk Cousins but yeah rest of season again he's not going to get benched he's not getting benched for Kellen Mond he's not playing that bad of football so uh yeah give me give me the safety blanket and I'll take Kirk Cousins because that's another thing if Jalen Hurts gets benched 
Is Gardner Minshew a better fantasy option than Kirk Cousins? Absolutely not. That, that's a huge thing. I think, you know, Kirk Cousins just, again, safe, easy to just be able to put in your lineup. He's like one of those guys that if you wait on a quarterback, you're happy as your starting quarterback on the year. This week is going to be big with Kyler Murray being out. Obviously, you're not going to replace Kyler Murray's value in your lineup, and you're going to have to get creative over the next couple of weeks if you did lose out on him. Also, obviously, if you're the Brady owner on bye week. So let's talk about some potential streaming options this week. Let's talk about some of the names that are out there. So one of the ones that stood out to me out the gate is Saints quarterbacks against your Atlanta Falcons this week. Let's face it, Chris your Falcons, they don't do so well against fantasy QBs. So the options, obviously Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill. Taysom might get it back out there. He's dealing with a concussion. We'll see how that protocol issue goes there. Other options, uh, again, Tyrod's potentially going to come off the PUP here in a little bit. Davis Mills out there. They face Miami this week. If you're looking for a more consistent guy, uh, Ben Roethlisberger against Chicago. There's Mac Jones against Carolina. You have Carson Wentz on Thursday night against the Jets. Dare I say Tua against Houston? Which of those names interest you guys the most? It's Taysom Hill for me. Taysom Hill's a priority add for me. So the four games that Taysom Hill started at quarterback last year, week 11 versus Atlanta, 24.2 fantasy points. He was QB three in fantasy. Uh, week 12 at Denver, 17 and a half fantasy points, QB 13. Week 13 at Atlanta, again, who he's playing, uh, 23.6 fantasy points. That is QB eight. And then week 14 at Philadelphia, 18.9 fantasy points. That was good for QB 11. Taysom Hill is the add. He's got the rushing floor. He's again, he's like, he's kind of like the new Orleans version of Jalen Hurts. He's got the high rushing floor. He's not a great passer in real life. He's not a great quarterback in real life, but he gives you the the floor that you need for fantasy points, and he's going against a defense that probably just isn't going to be able to do all that much against him and this team that is really feeling themselves right now after uh, after this past week. So uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's Taysom Hill for me, and I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't think it's it's particularly close. I could see the benefit, and obviously you, you're obviously looking at multiple weeks there and the rushing floor is definitely going to elevate his fantasy ceiling. If you're trying to replace, particularly in this case, I mentioned Kyler Murray, where you're expecting to not see him for multiple weeks. For week nine, Drew, give me the second tier down. Who's behind Taysom, unless you disagree with Chris there? I mean, I don't disagree with Chris because Taysom Hill is the clear-cut guy you can go after. Uh, you got the Swiss Army knife who can do almost anything besides throw the football at that point. There's no close second, like Chris said. Um, if anything, I, I have a hard time trusting Tua at this point because Going for me, Tua, the, he's got the matchup, but he he's becoming like that Jalen Hurst situation where you don't know if he's going to get benched. You don't know if he's going to get moved. I, it feels like they're starting to lose a little bit of trust in Miami in him a little bit. At least that's my feeling on it. But if anything, it's hard to trust Tyrod Taylor coming off of a pup list. But if anything, I would trust Tyrod just a tad bit more than I would trust Tua. What about Davis Mills against Miami? Do you have Davis Mills ahead of Tua? Probably, honestly. My guy, I, I'd just backtrack on that. <laughs> No? Okay. I'll, back, I'll backtrack on that. I would go two over Davis Mills, but I don't know. Two just scares me a little bit now. I think that does it for quarterbacks. That's about most we could do. We'll get into the fun stuff here with the big news of today. Let's get into running backs. Starting first, let's just read off the top 12. So a surprising name here is your running back one on the week. Michael Carter, 77 yards, a touchdown, nine receptions for 95 yards, a three down running back developing out there for the New York Jets. Uh, Michael Carter, the rookie, huge day for him. Joe Mixon as your running back two on the week. 14 attempts, 33 yards, a touchdown. Also had a receiving touchdown and 58 yards to add. Daryl Henderson, 90 yards, a touchdown, a receiving touchdown. So two touchdowns for Daryl Henderson on the day. Austin Eckler at running back four behind him, 64 yards and a touchdown, six receptions for 60 yards. Aaron Jones was your fifth ranked running back in the week. 
59 yards, a touchdown, seven receptions for 51 yards. We did see a little bit more AJ Dillon mixed in there. So Green Bay is doing a good job of mixing and matching between the two. Aaron Jones still a clear cut running back one, even with the timeshare. Elijah Mitchell, your running back six on the week. Elijah Mitchell, 137 yards and a touchdown. As long as he's healthy, Shanahan and his scheme will use great running backs like Elijah Mitchell to their fullest capabilities. A clear cut running back one went in the lineup, Elijah Mitchell. Jonathan Taylor, right behind him. This is actually the second week in a row. Jonathan Taylor has just been behind Elijah Mitchell. They had matching stat lines last week. Jonathan Taylor, 16 attempts, 70 yards and a touchdown. Three receptions for 52 yards for Jonathan Taylor against the Tennessee Titans. Najee Harris, 91 yards on the ground, a touchdown three receptions for 29 yards. One of the few times it seems like Najee Harris outpaced the receiving yards with the rushing attack, but Najee, top eight. Boston Scott <laughs> clutched two touchdowns for us in the Caster League this week, actually. 60 yards. We'll see how that timeshare kind of works between him, Kenneth Gainwell, Jordan Howard, and Philly. Well, that'll be definitely something to talk about because especially Jordan Howard, speak of the devil, is your running back 10 on the week, 57 yards and two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon, now this is a name that's been potentially talked about in trade discussions. Melvin Gordon, 47 yards, a touchdown, a fumble loss, three receptions, 15 yards, and a touchdown. So two receptions as he continues to uh, take away time from the Javante Williams owner. Your number 12 on the week, another Jets running back. Uh, so two New York Jets running backs in the top 12. Ty Johnson, five receptions, 71 yards, receiving and a touchdown, also 15 yards on the ground. So that rounds up your top 12. But before we get into anything else, folks, we have to mention it. Derrick Henry, that sweet Prince. <laughs> he is down. A broken foot. Uh, I think it's what a fifth metacarpal they mentioned the injury is. So you're probably not going to see him the rest of this regular season, which means you're not going to see him the rest of your fantasy season. It's probably like if you're not in a keeper league, you might have to drop him. Certainly in dynasty, that's going to be an interesting discussion when you talk about the running backs who are at the top injured. We have potentially the emergence of Jeremy McNichols out there, their, their main pass catching back. They signed Adrian Peterson today. There's some discussion on what they do in the trade market. I mentioned Melvin Gordon's a name that's been talked about. You go after like a Jamal Williams. I don't see a lot of trades happening. You don't see a lot of trades at the running back position. And if you're the Derrick Henry owner, I hate to tell you, I don't think you're replacing his production with anything on the waiver wire anyway. It, it just sad truth what's even like the best case scenario between a adrian peterson and a mcnichols timeshare chris i don't know that there is i mean i don't know that jeremy mcnichols is going to be as heavily involved as as everybody thinks or makai Sargent for that matter or anybody else in that backfield I, I think adrian is going to be given every chance to be that workhorse back um, i'm not saying that you know mcnichols isn't going to play any snaps he's going to get snaps and all that he may even be the primary pass catcher um and if he is th- he will have some value um he'll have he could have some like JD McKissick type of value as a or like a Ty Johnson type of value like a primary pass catcher in the backfield I I think that there's the opportunity for that but put it this way if both of them are available on the waiver wire and I have to throw down some fab for one or the other I'm going to put more of it down on Adrian Peterson because he is going to get the bulk of that the workload the bulk of the early down touches Um, I don't think this offense is going to change very much I really don't and I think the closest thing you're going to get to a Derrick Henry is going to be someone like an Adrian Peterson still a big strong bruising back obviously Peterson does not have the speed that Derrick Henry has or that Adrian once had himself this is not really a backfield that's going to be too attractive I don't know if it's going to be that productive Adrian Peterson volume alone he could return some back-end RB2 high-end RB3 value that's probably what you need to expect you don't need to expect anything remotely close to what you know Derrick Henry was giving them Derrick Henry 937 rushing yards on the year he was 300 a little uh, less than 300 rushing yards you know ahead of the next closest person which was Jonathan Taylor at 649 so he was 
well on his way to leading the league and rushing again and being the three-time uh, rushing champion. He would have been the first guy to do that since Walter Payton. But Adrian Peterson's not going to get as many touches per game as Derrick Henry. We likely are going to see the, an uptick in passing a little bit, which is a good thing for Julio Jones if he can come back. And of course, uh, A.J. Brown as well. So we'll see kind of how that turns out. But I don't know that this is going to be a particularly valuable backfield. I don't think it will be. I don't think it's going to be a particularly productive backfield. This It's going to be on this offensive line to really make things happen here, which is possible, but I, it's something that I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of fab on either one of these guys. I'm going to look elsewhere for that production if I need it. If I'm desperate, okay, that's a different story. But you know, if these guys, if an Adrian Peterson or Jeremy McNichols is going to be my fifth running back, okay, like my second running back off the bench, I'm not going to be throwing down a whole lot of fab at all. It's just it's just not going to happen. So I'm just going to ride with what I've got. But again, if you're, if you're desperate at running back and you've got like Saquon out and then you just lost Derrick Henry. I don't know what, how you got both of them, but you know if you've got several running backs that are hurt, two or three running backs that you're having trouble with, maybe you still got David Montgomery that's out. Okay, uh, then maybe that could be a different story. But again, if if you're set at running back, I think you just need to hold your fab, hold your waiver priority, and wait until uh, there's some better options available for you. Drew, when rankings come out this week, the first matchup for the tight ends is going to be the Los Angeles Rams on the road. Where do you think you're going to have McNichols and Peterson ranked? I would probably have them in the low 30s. I'm not going to have too high hopes in the first week or so, especially against the Los Angeles Rams, who are one of the more better defensive teams in the NFL, especially in the run game. Uh, Especially now that you just picked up Von Miller from Denver, which is some big news there as well. So that run defense has gotten a lot better. So we'll see what happens. I'm thinking somewhere in the very mid 30s or so. It depends on what they do the next couple weeks. Then I might boost them up depending on how they perform, obviously, and stuff like that. But this week, based on matchup and just, you know, re-signing Adrian Peterson, not looking too bright for me. Chris, I know you love Dynasty. Derrick Henry's Dynasty value going into next year. How do you kind of like evaluate this? I mean, we've seen running backs that they've been healthy their entire career and then just one injury and it starts to enter a tailspin. We saw what happened to Christian McCaffrey ever since going back to last year's injury troubles and it hasn't quite gone right since. I know Derrick Henry's built different, but sometimes, you know, like the wheels fall off the bus pretty quick here. Yeah, it it is a little concerning. I think maybe for next year, he's probably going to be fine. I think he's still going to be a top five running back off the board in fantasy drafts come 2022. And so I think you can expect probably top five production from him. And I think you're safe to do so. But I think that is going to be the last year. I think after next year uh, or sometime during next year, you may want to sell if you're not already trying to sell. Well, you don't want to sell him right now. You're going to want to sell him when he's back toward the end of the year, going into the offseason. Season when it when there's positive reports out and I would probably recommend selling before April because what happens in April the NFL draft this coming up draft has several very talented running backs in it and we see running back is a is a revolving door of talent it's the it's it's got the the highest rate of injury uh it's got the highest risk of injury uh it's just a revolving door of players more so there than at any position in the league so if you're going to sell I would plan to sell after he's fully recovered right around where the NFL playoffs are because his season's over I mean his season's over this year for the fantasy playoffs for all intents and purposes it'd have to be a miraculous comeback so I recommend selling between January and April because that's going to be the sweet spot that's where dynasty leagues are getting ready they're getting started they're getting excited people I don't think a lot of people are going to be thinking oh the Titans could draft a running back 
just in case they do. And some of that, you know, excitement wears off of Derrick Henry, kind of knocks him down. I think you're going to want to just play it safe and, and sell him. However, if you don't, I still think you should be able to expect, regardless of whether they had a running back or not, you could expect top five fantasy value uh, in a top five ranking going into next year. But again, we could be in this era, guys. We see sometimes uh, where these running backs of certain eras, there is a, a point where they begin to deteriorate a little bit. We saw it, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore. Those are just four out of that same era that really started to sort of decline and they really started to lose their workhorse roles around the same time. And so this could be happening with Christian McCaffrey of this era and Derrick Henry of this era. Who knows what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara? Hopefully he can stay healthy. The wheels seem like they're staying on the bus right now. Aaron Jones as well. We could be seeing this new wave of elite running backs for the next era in the next year or two start to come to fruition. The, the Jonathan Taylors, the DeAndre Swifts, the Najee Harrises. You could maybe see the, the Elliots and the McCaffreys and the Henrys begin to sort of go downhill in the next year or two. And I think, you know, you really need to watch that. You really need to keep that in mind. And I know McCaffrey's a little younger. Henry's going to be, you know, 28 uh, next year. But again, he is built differently. So I do think that's going to, you know, give him, you know, a little bit of an extra year or two. So I think going into 2022, he's, he's going to be fine. But look, if you're if you're looking to sell in Dynasty, don't do it now. Wait until he's fully recovered, January to April, that's going to be the sweet spot. Let's talk about some names that you could potentially end up seeing in a trade go for Derrick Henry. Talk about someone in kind of like that similar age group. Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, straight up. Yeah, I'll take Alvin Kamara just because the I, I think the floor's there for the receiving and he hasn't yet, and I don't know if he ever will, but he hasn't declined, number one. He's still an elite fantasy running back and he uh he's not he hasn't been hit with injuries yet. So those injuries have not shown up. So yeah, I will I will take Alvin Kamara uh and, and sort of play it safe a little bit there. I think both are gonna be taken in the top five at running back still come twenty twenty two. I don't think that's gonna change. But yeah, I'll, I'll take Alvin Kamara. Jonathan Taylor. Uh I'll take Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Do I want to say someone like a Javante Williams, dare I say a rookie? I know he's in this time split with like a Melvin Gordon right now. Right now he is. And I think he's going to end up taking over. We're going to see his role increase as the season continues to go along. I think going into next year, Javante is obviously going to be the unquestioned workhorse running back in Denver, but he's not going to be, he's not going to enter into that top flight. Yeah. Yeah, See, he's just not, it's going to take a little bit of time, I think. Okay, what about this one? And this is just because he does have at least youth on his side in this aspect. Saquon Barkley. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's where it gets that's that's where it gets interesting. I'll go Barkley. I'll go Barkley, but it is close. I, I can't crucify anybody for wanting to take Derrick Henry. And I'm just talking about 2022. I'll go with Barkley. Dynasty, obviously, definitely because of age, I'll go with Barkley. But yeah, 2022, I'll 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 lean uh, Barkley a little bit there. What's your take there, Drew? I mean, I agree. I mean, how about Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb, oof. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, the way that the Browns split that up. I'll go Henry. I'll take yeah. Henry over really? Chubb. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm, because... I'm trying to take mental notes because I got Derrick Henry in Dynasty, so I'm trying to take <laughs> mental notes here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if we're I'm, and I'm looking at a, I'm looking at at the list of the top twenty backs right now. If we're talking just twenty twenty two, I'll take Derrick Henry over uh, obviously Cordero Patterson. I'll take him over Joe Mixon. I'll take him over Elliott, Daryl Henderson, Leonard Fournette, James Robinson. Obviously, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Damian Harris, Chase Evans, Antonio Gibson, Miles Gaskin, Michael Carter. Over to, in twenty twenty two, that's who I'll take. And I don't see anybody below any of those names next year going into next year that I would take. Well, except for Saquon Barkley, that I would take over Derrick Henry. Dynasty wise. 
wise, there's going to obviously be a couple more. Dalvin Cook. Than, Ooh, that's another one. That, well, that is another one. You're you're right. I, he's he's not in there because of uh, some injuries, I believe. But yeah, no, I, I'll I'll take I'll take Dalvin Cook. I think in in 2022 over Derrick Henry. But again, that he's in the Saquon Barkley scenario there. Like it's the same. It's a coin flip. You know, it's it's personal preference. Ask me in three more months. Is it is it Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook going in 2022? It might be a different answer. Same thing with Saquon Barkley. Okay, we'll revisit the tight ends when we talk about these wide receiver situations. We mentioned potential upticks for guys there. But let's talk real quick on a couple timeshare situations and what we can read off of week eight here. So I mentioned it. We had two Philadelphia Eagles in the top 10 here. We had Boston Scott and Jordan Howard and Kenneth Gainwell was nowhere to be found. Who is the guy that's worth targeting here? Because obviously Jordan Howard got some goal line touches. Boston Scott got some goal line touches, but Kenneth Gainwell has been the more explosive athlete throughout the season. This is really an interesting one because while Miles Sanders is out now, look, when Miles Sanders gets back, it's going to be Miles Sanders. The problem with Miles is that he just wasn't producing he was getting the snaps he was getting the work you know he's got a 60.8 snap percentage on the year so like he's getting the snaps he's getting used that's not the problem however the the, the problem was he just wasn't producing now in week eight boston scott played 44 percent of the snaps kenny gainwell played 30 percent of the snaps but he obviously didn't do much as well so like it's an interesting thing with, with those guys i'm not going to trust jordan howard i'm going to call that out as more of a fluke. I think Kenny Gamewell is a better ad and stash and person to rely on more than Jordan Howard is moving forward while Miles Sanders is out. However, and I wouldn't have said this 48 hours ago, I would have said Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell, and I didn't, I wasn't starting him, but all everybody in DFS was like, let's go Kenny Gainwell. In season long, I'm like, yeah, Kenny Gainwell. Like, that's who I'm going. If I have to bet on one, it's going to be Kenny Gainwell. And it's Boston Scott. And, and I think I w- my opinion would be Boston Scott now. I think he's going to see the majority of the snaps. He's going to see, obviously, a majority of the targets. That's going to boost his floor uh, in fantasy while Miles Sanders is out. It's not a situation that I am going to advise anyone to go after and, and spend a bunch of fab on. It's just, I'm just not. I'd rather have Adrian Peterson. Peterson than I would Boston Scott. There you go. I mean, but look, Jordan Howard played 24% of the snaps this past week. This is going to be an RBBC. This is going to be a three-headed RBBC. No matter how you, we don't know who's going to be on the goal line. Is it going to be Jordan Howard? Is it going to be Boston Scott? Or is it going to be Kenny Gainwell? It might be completely flipped on its head. We don't know. And so I I think this is going to be a backfield that you're pretty much going to want to stay away from for the most part. So look, again, if, if you're in desperate need of a running back and it's between Boston Scott, Jordan Jordan Howard and Adrian Peterson on the waiver. I'll take Adrian Peterson and I'll let somebody else deal with more of a committee backfield in Philadelphia than there will be in in Tennessee. True. Obviously, we saw a big breakout game from Michael Carter. Uh, The Jets faced the Colts on Thursday night football. Michael Carter, rest of the season, where do you think his range is going to sit? He's going to sit towards the end of the teens, maybe early 20s. I think he's been solid. I mean, he hasn't been awful. He hasn't been fantastic, but he's showing glimpses of what he can be. And I, I think he could be someone very special, but, you know, being a rookie, he's going to take some time to develop. He's going to take, you know, maybe a year or two and he'll find his footing. And I, I think as of right now, he's been playing pretty well, but I think he can finish within probably the early 20s. Maybe if not, like, I, I would say a range of like, 19 to probably like a 26 or so. Yeah, and and just to kind of piggyback off that, I think I kind of agree, and it could even be, uh, we should not be surprised if it's even higher. Because again, the Jets are going to throw, they're going to be down, uh, which means that's going to be more targets for Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. Listen, Michael Carter, in week eight, Michael Carter's snap percentage was top 10 
at 70.2% uh, 70 uh, snaps. So he is playing an immense amount of the snap. He was behind Dalvin, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Elliott, Mixon, Harris, and Khalil Herbert, who pl surprisingly played 84.3%. These are workhorse backs. So Michael Carter has now entered. He was he was he played more snaps. He played three percent more snaps than Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara. So he has entered workhorse territory. His target share is going to heavily increase his fantasy value. If you need a running back, I would rather trade for Michael Carter while his value is still a little low. And while not many people are talking about him, rather than waste fab money on Adrian Peterson and Boston Scott and Jordan Howard and Kenny Gainwell and Jeremy McNichols, his target share in week eight was fourth at the running back position. Daryl Williams had the highest percent of target share this week tonight at 66.7, blowing away everybody else. 31% uh, percent for Aaron Jones, 29% for Austin Eckler, 28% for Michael Carter. He's getting the targets. And what do we always say? You and I talked about it a couple months ago when I was on. What do we always say at the running back position? What is the rule in fantasy? You chase the volume with running backs. You chase the targets with wide receivers. Michael Carter's getting the volume. He has got this floor for these targets and his target share is immense right now. Now look, Ty Johnson is doing some great things with his target share as well, but he is not getting those rushing snaps. He's not getting the carries. So look, he's He's got a 12% target share and he's still putting on a good, you know, even with a 28% snap percentage, he's putting on a good performance out of the receiving game, but he's not getting the volume like Michael Carter is. Michael Carter's the workhorse running back for the Jets, a team that's going to be throwing a lot and might have more competency now under center. Michael Carter is a buy low and you need to buy him low now. Uh, you know, we did see a reunion this week. Uh, Mark Ingram got traded to the Saints. Obviously, we mentioned it earlier. The Saints played the Falcons. Weird flex. Mark Ingram, are we throwing him in there this week against the Falcons? He had 59 yards. It seems like they were trying to use him in that old school Kamara Ingram role that he was back in the day. I'm not going to trust much out nah. of him. <laughs> yeah, that's your lowly Falcons. Come on, Chris. You've no, seen this I, team play football all season. I can't do. It. I mean, if, if they if they get up if they get up big, you know, he's he could he obviously be the clock killer. So there could be some value there. He needs to be owned. Certainly, he absolutely needs to be owned. But I, I think he's going to have like we talked about Adrian Peterson. I think he's going to have sort of that Adrian Peterson sort of value. Maybe maybe a tad lower. But I don't think you know there's going to be much to really write home about when it comes to market. Look, he's older. He's he has lost a little bit of a step here. He's not the same Mark Ingram he, he previously was in, in New Orleans, but they're going to try to get as much out of him as possible. Um, he's still got some juice left in the tank, but I don't think we're going to be seeing, you know, big time Mark Ingram games anymore. Okay, let's transition into wide receivers. A.J. Brown, the wide receiver, won on the week with 10 receptions, 11 targets, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Wide receiver won, A.J. Brown on the week, starting to look a little bit healthier. Michael Pittman, wide receiver two. 10 receptions, 86 yards, two touchdowns. Michael Pittman, big body. Carson Wentz is starting to look for him. Chris Godwin, your number one Tampa Bay wide receiver on the week. You're not going to be seeing Chris Godwin this week, you should note. But eight receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Amari Cooper, eight receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, right behind him. Big Monday night. 18 targets. Wow. 18 targets for Tyreek Hill. Or 12 receptions, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, seven receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown for your wide receiver six on the week. Tyler Lockett, you know, every now and then he's just going to have one of these boomer bust type games. Well, he boomed this week. Wide receiver seven, 13 targets, 12 receptions, 142 yards. Debo Samuel, shout out to Debo Samuel. Nine targets, six receptions, 171 yards. You know it's a great week when you can pass Jerry Rice in any kind of record book. He has the most receiving yards through eight weeks of any San Francisco 49ers wide receiver, passing Jerry Rice actually three separate times of the 49ers top five. 
DK Metcalf, another Seahawks wide receiver in the top 12 here. DK Metcalf, six receptions, 43 yards, two touchdowns, a very impressive touchdown, and definitely a You Got Moss touchdown this week. Robert Woods, you know, I don't know what to make of Robert Woods at this point, but hey, three receptions, 35 yards, a touchdown. He also had a rushing touchdown. I'll take it. I'll take any production I could get from Robert. Uh, Cedric Wilson at 11, three receptions, 84 yards, and a touch. And then Brandon Cooks rounding out the top 12 here, six receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Okay, Chris, so mention it, you know, I'll throw this to you, especially to you as a Falcons fan here. Julio Jones, uh, you mentioned that he could be a name potentially on the rise here. Julio has been somewhat of a fantasy non-factor this entire season. Uh, what do you think is the potential ceiling now with Derrick Henry out of the lineup? Not much. I, he could improve. I'm not going to count on it. I, I would not be trading for him. I would be looking to maybe trade him away if that is at all possible right now. Uh, I'm not excited about Julio Jones at all. I mean, there's really not really much else to say, to be quite honest with you. I think this is going to help. The whole Derrick Henry thing is going to help A.J. Brown more than anybody. He should finish the season as a fantasy, uh, as a wide receiver one in fantasy. But Julio Jones, he's going to continue to be disappointing, in my opinion. I, he's not staying healthy. He's just getting older. He's not staying healthy. I just don't think he's a great fit on this offense either. So I, I'm I'm completely out on, on Julio Jones. Dan, Drew. Julio Jones, is he even going to be ranked this week with that said? I don't think so, to be honest with you. I think I'm going to leave him out of my 36. Just for what Chris said, I mean, he just injured all year round, just not looking good. He's not getting the targets. Uh, even with Derrick Henry out, he's not going to get targets at all, especially with A.J. Brown being healthy. I think it's just going to be the A.J. Brown show with the other in Tennessee. So I, I think this week and probably from then on, I might just leave Julio Jones just completely out of my rankings. You know, I completely slept on this headline, but I – just remembered it, and I think I got to get Chris's take on it. Kelvin Ridley, um, stepping away from football for mental health reasons. Uh, here is Kelvin Ridley's full statement. These past few weeks have been very challenging for me, and as much as I'd like to be on the field competing with my teammates, I need to step away from football at this time and focus on my mental well-being. This will help me in the best version of myself now and in the future. I want to thank my teammates, the entire Atlanta Falcons organization, our great fans, my friends, and my family for all their support during this time. Obviously, you know, we're wishing Calvin the best in this situation here, um, but we do have to kind of come at it from a fantasy angle as well. Um, who steps up now in this Falcons offense? We've seen the emergence of Kyle Pitts, but is there a wide receiver that's going to be worth owning or worth starting, certainly? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, you can't really rely on on Russell Gage. The offense is just not going to be the same. Kyle Pitts is essentially going to be the wide receiver one. He's the wide receiver position. He's a tight end in name only. Like he is, he is playing wide receiver snaps, and he is being split out wide more than any tight end maybe ever. And so, I mean, he is going to be obviously the biggest beneficiary of this. I know everybody's panicking because they're like, "Oh my God, Calvin Ridley's out, and he only had two catches, six targets for thirteen yards." Well, last week Calvin Ridley didn't play either, and he had seven receptions eight targets for 163 yards. Kyle Pitts is going to be fine. The problem was the Falcons didn't get any time to prepare to game plan for Kyle Pitts going up against this defense before Calvin Ridley was out. It's not like they knew, you know, six, seven days ahead of time that Calvin Ridley was going to be out. Now they are better prepared for the next game. So Calvin Ridley should be, uh, should be back and, and should be fine. They had, a, I mean, they had him bracketed coverage. They had a safety on top. And they had the corner up. They had the corner below. So um, he was being bracketed all game. Not only that, but this is one of the best, deepest defensive backfields in Carolina in the entire league. Stephon Gilmore had just come back as well, so he was playing. It just wasn't a great situation for Kyle Pitts this week. I just don't think they're. 
Alameda Zacchaeus, a lot of people are going to, you know, be probably spending a little bit of fab on him. They're, they're just going to be hit or miss. These are not guys that you're going to insert into your lineup at wide receiver if you're hurting at receiver, and they're going to provide you with this weekly value that you can trust. There's not going to be much of a floor, so I just don't think there's going to be anybody on this this offense here. I think it's going to help Cordell Patterson even more, and it's going to help Kyle Pitts even more, and that's pretty much about it. How do you handle Calvin Ridley on your bench? We don't know what this issue is. Obviously, there's not a lot of transparency behind it. You do worry this late in the season. Do you have a potential just Le'Veon Bell situation where he's just kind of taking up a roster spot with kind of not a lot of information out there about it? Yeah. You just kind of hold tight and hope for the best? Or, I mean, if there's someone out there that you think can help your team... I mean, you're not going to be able to trade him. Nobody's going to trade for him. I mean, Dynasty, I think, is probably a great time to trade for him because you can try to buy him very low. Obviously, a lot, you know, uh, significantly lower than what you would have gotten for him before the season um, or before this whole announcement. But I just don't know if it's going to be worth your time. You may just want to look elsewhere because we don't know. He didn't give a timetable. For all we know, you know, that thing, that statement read almost like a retirement. I mean, I mean for all we know, he could retire. We may not ever see Calvin Ridley on the field again. We don't know. Uh, hopefully, Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it just takes several weeks and he's and he's back and ready to rock. But you know, we've seen some athletes do this. We've seen it in tennis. We've saw it when we've seen it in basketball. We've seen it all over the place. And they athletes more than likely than not are, are coming back and, and and all that kind of stuff. They just need a few weeks to sort of get into a, a better headspace. And that's fine. Do what you got to do. But we'll see what happens. I, right now, I mean, the only thing you do is hold. I mean, if it's a redraft league, I, I don't know that I would cut him just yet. I, I mean, you, you have to wait. Keeper league, obviously. I mean, if you're not cutting him in redraft you're obviously not cutting him in in dynasty or keeper either so i think right now he's you're, he's just gonna have to burn a spot on your bench unless you can find somebody to trade him to that wants to sit on him jarvis landry like uh finishes wide receiver 50 on the week we mentioned last week the browns wide receiving struggles odell has been a non-factor Donovan people's jones i know has been banged up and hurt jarvis landry do you think that there's any holding out any hope that he has any fantasy relevance the rest of the year in all honesty i don't think so i mean and I'm still fuming about this. Just watching the game this past Sunday, it was just very, very frustrating because, you know, a lot of people are blaming the loss on Baker, but it's not like Baker played all that off. I mean, if we had seven uh, seven drop passes in total, I think five were very crucial. Like three were like first downs and two were potential touchdowns. So Jarvis, obviously with a big drop, that could have been a first down on the 20 with a, like four minutes left to go in the fourth corner. Uh, then he ends up, when Baker gets a big, first down running after he got popped by Joe Hayden uh he goes out and celebrates and then throws a pass to Landry who fumbles it so I don't really have high hopes for Landry going on I mean he's he hasn't been too big of a fantasy uh relevant receiver anyways uh he's been more of like that average kind of fantasy receiver but the way that the season's been going for everyone here here in Cleveland for all of us it's just been more or less just an absolute disappointment due to all injuries and stuff like that and like I told you we basically became the 49ers of 2020 where it's nothing but injuries after a big playoff run and you know we're feeling the effects of it so and in all honesty I don't have high hopes for Jarvis this season just wrapping it up real quick here so just give a rundown of all the running backs and wide receivers that are on bye week. Quarterbacks, as I mentioned, there wasn't much really there aside from Tom Brady, but this week you're not going to see any DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette, Jamal Williams, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, DK, Tyler, Khalif Raymond, if you're starting him, Mike Evans, Godwin, and AB. All those guys will be out this week, so definitely not as bad as the bike apocalypse from a couple weeks ago, but you know there, there are some premier names there, so have to get a little bit creative with the lineups here. 
Uh, your top fantasy scoring tight end on the week was TJ Hawkinson. TJ had 11 targets, 10 receptions, 89 yards. Uh, did see a slight emergence of Pat Fryer moves. Brevin Jordan was the top three tight end. You get the point. It's, it's tight end. It's it's a crap fest every week. Um, uh, well, let's see here. Uh, fantasy defenses. Let's see. Is there a top fantasy defense this week that we should be targeting. The Steelers are definitely well-owned. They're going against Chicago, Miami against Houston. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to target Miami against Houston, and I and I don't think that's going to be a good idea. Yeah, Miami uh, has no. been a really regressive defense this year coming off a season ago. Definitely the amount of turnovers they had last season, I think, inflated what their defense actually is because you're seeing a lot of holes. The Raiders against the Giants, that might be a matchup that I could potentially see exploiting. I mean, the Raiders coming off bye week in their home stadium, welcoming the Giants. You know, Daniel Jones has curved the turnovers this year, but you know, we have seen him also okay we have the Rams game where he had four just out the gate. So I think the Raiders versus the Giants might be a defense that I'm targeting. The Patriots are too well owned to go against Carolina and they're struggling offense there. 49ers, if anyone rage dropped them after their bad performances, they get Colt McCoy this week. So that's potentially an option out there for you. Well, I, th- I think to be honest with you, I, I like the Patriots defense this week. I do. I-, I like the Patriots defense and I like the Saints defense as well. I just think so. the Patriots, let me see what their ownership percentage is. Because, I mean, definitely you look at what Sam Darnold's done the last few weeks. I agree with you. I think the Patriots might be like a top five defense, especially Bill Belichick for Sam Darnold. We, we, we know how that game has went yeah. forever. How I think even Sam got hurt. So you maybe even be talking about PJ Walker going into that game. Sam got benched one week. Then he got hurt the next week. Sam Darnold's career, it, it really spiraled quick there. Um, the Patriots defense, uh, da, 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 roster percentages. According, oh, you know what? I guess they're about half owned. So yeah, I think the Patriots defense, if they're out there in your league, definitely against Carolina, that would be up there. Again, I would say the Raiders against the Giants would be, I guess seeing that might be my second choice. Get daring. Thursday night football. Start the Jets. Hope Carson Wentz makes one of these dumb turnovers. I still can't believe that interception he had at the end of the Titans game that even gave the Titans the lead. I've still tried to analyze that, run that through the brain a few times. Anyone see that one? Like, seriously, he threw it right to the guy. Just just take the sack. Yeah, uh, Carson Carson sent to, sends to, uh, tends to do that uh, sometimes and just sort of, sort of gets rattled and doesn't think before he makes the yeah. before he <laughs> makes the move. So those are shades of old Carson Wentz. We don't want to see that, and hopefully yeah. it was just a one off, and hopefully he gets back on track this week. All right, Chris. Well, hopefully the madness ends tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this, um, as we roll the clock to midnight into Tuesday, hopefully game six is it for you and you don't have to go through the anxiety of a game seven. Aside from that, what are you working on these days, Chris? Uh, Let the people know, give those plugs. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Roto Bros Fantasy Football Podcast, that's where you can uh, that's where you can listen uh, to my uh, myself and my partner, Mark, as well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Wizard of Roto. Um, and uh, definitely check out our uh, fantasy uh, advice lounge that we set up for our podcast subscribers. You can uh, go there. It's the best place to get all of your trade questions answered, your waiver questions, your start-sit questions. Uh, and it's a year-round thing, and we deal with football, baseball, basketball, hockey. We deal with it all. It's a great place for DFS advice if you want to win some money and uh, best ball as well. So we cover it all. If you want to talk fantasy, if you just want to come in and you want to talk sports in general, that's fine too. We cover it all. It's the best place. You can go to uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash rotobros. That's patreon.com forward slash rotobros. Uh, everybody gets two months free. Your first two months are free. 
and it's two dollars after that. So it's extremely cheap, and it's extremely year. It's a uh, extremely cheap year round. You're going to get a lot of stuff with that as well. It is the best uh, hidden gem in fantasy sports. So check that out. Drew, any closing thoughts? Yeah, man, go check out Chris, man. I- I've listened to his show a few times, man, and he does a very good job. So I'd say go listen to him. Thank you, sir. And support the Patreon. Chris does a lot of great stuff on the Patreon too. So really appreciate you there, man. Thanks for coming on. I know it was a bit of a late recording, so we appreciate you. Hey, you get a bounce back week. You got the fantasy football truth in the caster league. Go ahead and do us a favor and beat them because it kind of helps out the rest of the bracket there for us. All right, guys, check us out at Slumpbuster Podcast on IG, at Slumpbuster Pod on Twitter. If you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and like this video. If you're listening to this on iTunes, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Check it out, partner, cavemancoffeego.com. Yes, don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP at cavemancoffeego.com for some delicious cold brew coffee from Drew, Chris, and Juju. Stay safe, happy, and healthy. We'll see you next time.